Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Watson to his crick, Michael Howard. I want to say DNA. Yeah, you got it. Oh, hell yeah. We're like a double helix, the way yeah. we just kind of twist and shape each other, you know? Just perfect compliments. And then mm-hmm. sometimes we fuck up and create massive cascading <laughs> problems. That is, yeah, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember that and Mendel, he did like peas and shit. Mm. Well, Michael, how about fruit flies? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes they're sepia colored. Other times they have red eyes. I got a D plus in biology. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get a five on the AP test. Well, that's all that matters. Because your boy didn't really care for homework mm. and labs, as yeah. they call them. Yeah. Michael, how are you doing today, buddy boy? Uh, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Doing pretty good. There's a lot of, there was a lot of stories out there this week. Uh, yeah. Almost too many. Yeah, and like too many, and given the last couple weeks of this podcast, oh my this is going to sound, it's just been dicks as far weird. as the eye could see. There were almost too many dicks yeah, in oh. the news. Yeah. <sighs> I know you had a question about one dick specifically, <laughs> but almost too many penises, and I, yeah, I, need, we, I need a do- I need a palate cleanser from all this these dicks that have been thrown at my face. Yeah, we're gonna what we're gonna do here uh, this week is we're gonna get all of the dicks out of the way like in the first ten minutes. Yeah, so and then and then no more dicks. It'll be dick. It's a dick free episode after really, and the first dick is just a cartoon bad boy. So. Yeah, so on Twitters, I saw s- lots of people discussing Batman's dick, and I do not know why, and I asked you why, and you said, would you rather me tell you right now or reveal, reveal it to you on Tilp? And I was like, yes, that sounds perfect. Yeah. So please tell me about Dat Bat Dick, though. Well, Dat Bat Dick, though. Um, so DC Comics... Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, Michael, you I, I don't think you read comics very often, but um, every so often, Marvel, DC, all, you know, Image, Dark Horse probably still around. They got to push the envelope to, to do some sales. So DC has... Uh, so they invited Chuck Tingle to write they a invited Batman Chuck comic. Tingle. So they have a black label uh, comic line that they, they rolled out. They're like... We want our best writers to write comics with our characters. No rules, just write. No holds barred. Just, you know, tell a cool story. So basically uh, like fanfic. Well, yeah. So, it, yeah, they're not in any, like, continuity. Like, they don't really count. They're just stories about these characters. So, um, Batman, damned, number one. Uh, the writers who and the artists who, are again, are, like, top DC Comics-like people decided... Rob, yeah, Rob Liefeld and all of his pouches and massive pectorals and their very bad feet drawings. Um, they decided that it was critical, critically important for, I believe, three times in the first issue, uh, definitely once, um, to just, you have to see Bruce Wayne's dick. Hmm. Was it Bruce Wayne's dick or was it Batman's dick? At this, well, so they it's in the Batcave, but they show... The Batmobile in the background, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Batman cowl, his cape, everything, like his accouchement are littered mm-hmm, on the ground behind him. And then it's his silhouette walking towards the quote unquote comic camera. And there's just the barest outline of, 
Well, it's it's Batman's penis. But why though? Um, Does he not wear unders? It didn't. I mean, Michael. He I know when I he doesn't wear meundies when he's. I know when I go clothes. out just to work, and I I'm not wearing boxers. I'm wearing those boxer briefs because I like clean lines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and I assume in this suit, not a lot of room for not a lot of room for move. I mean, you need you don't want to be like constricted in there when you're doing know. all the- I don't want I don't want it just hanging in there in that plastic suit. I mean. The plastic suit with all that bad sweat. Um, yeah, you got it. Also, the like, does he does he wear like a jock? Does he wear I, protection it, for his giblies? If I was Batman, I would definitely wear a uh, a. Jock There's got to be a cod piece in that suit. Michael, right? I'm gonna let you see this dick though, which like, it's just kind of like he's walking towards the camera, but it is just like hard, <laughs> like hard and hanging to the side. It's not like yeah, yeah it's. Or just swinging real good. They had to try to get that to be the angle of a of a dick. Oh, there's like a before and after. They got rid of the dick. Right. Well, yeah, so that's the thing. So ever since people were like, hey, guess what, DC? I didn't actually need to see Batman's hog. Okay, but um, it's not like right out there. Like It's very subtle. It's, it's very, very subtle. subtle. I mean, dick. honestly, this is just a reason to sell more comics because now people went out and like, bought multiple copies of issue number one when once they heard that DC was going to edit the dong out of it. Um, uh, Stephen Colbert had a pretty good tweet. They're just like, I was old enough to remember when showing Batman's nipples was a big deal. <laughs> in a panel in a panel from the new Batman, Damned Number One, written by Brian Azzarello with art by Lee Bermejo, the superhero's penis, seemingly tired from a night of trying to solve the Joker's murder, is seen leaning to Batman's hard right Resting behind a pair of turgid thighs and just below a chiseled waist. The shot is presented in shadow, but is nonetheless clear that what we're seeing is the first ever exposure of Batman's manhood. Thing is, though, I would have gone with Batmanhood, but. Where are them balls at, though? (laughs) (laughs) They're like hidden. There's no bat balls. Yeah. Um, but again, this is the the hubbub, Michael, is just because DC Comics thought it was necessary for us to, to all see Bruce Wang's hog. I mean, I didn't know I needed to see it, but now that I have, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Uh I did in this in this article from Vox, there is a tweet. I mean, like, every movie I watch, every superhero movie I watch, my first thought is like, I wonder what his dick looks like. What's he doing with that thing? Yeah. It's like, sure, they're all I love those muscles. The biceps, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. love those. Great butt. What's he working with around front, though? Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, again, I think I think that'll do it for us on the dick front this week. But this has been uh, Comics Corners with Michael Cushing. <laughs> Eventually, we're going to do a comic podcast because probably at least once a week, I come to you and Curtis with and a question about, about comics. the size of random comic book characters' penis. Yes, just penis. once a week, I'm just like, okay, what about? What about the Hulk, though? Does everything grow? I mean, I don't know. It's a, ta- t- a question for the, t- the ages. And you know what? Marvel's too buttoned up to ever to let us know the answer. So it's a good point. I have I have one one more addition to this early show dick party. Okay. I just want to read one tweet oh, from God. Julia Davis, who is talking about Russian state TV. Apparently, they went. Whole hog defending Batman's President dick? Trump. Oh, okay. Um, they apparently call it the Party of Trump and not the Republican Party on Russian state TV. That's an indictment. All right. Here's a tweet. 
Russia State TV is defending Trump with gusto, down to the size of his unmentionables. Because we talked last week about Stormy Daniels saying that his penis looked like Toadstool from Mario Kart and I assume other games. Just, just, yeah, Toad. Toad. Oh, right. He's just a Toad. Yeah. And all of his head. (laughs) (laughs) The Kremlin's top propagandist, Dmitry Kizilov, claims Trump is being bullied and Stormy's expectations are unreasonably high in light of her occupation. So they're not defending that like his penis doesn't look like a like toad. They're defending that her expectations for it not to not look like toad were high. Okay. So they're saying that she given her her job as a mm-hmm. porn star mm-hmm, mm-hmm. should not be should shocked no. and offended by the fact that his penis has three distinct round shapes to it <laughs> and also wears a blue vest and white pants. <laughs> I mean, they were like, hey, look at the dude. Look at this dude. Would Why are you surprised that his penis looks like Toad? I, I mean, their, their thesis is correct. Mm-hmm. The reason, the fact that she's a porn star, does not carry water. I don't know. I mean, I think they're saying like all I'm saying she's is she's seen so many guys attached to so many dicks. Well, that like I she think, should know. I think what they're saying is that as a porn star, she can't have reasonable expectations for a normal man's penis because she's just used to those <laughs> big old swinging dongs. But I think the the their thesis is on point that she should have known better. But the real reason for that is if you look at Donald Trump, one must assume that he has a weird hang down. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll do it for early show penis talk yeah um can i slight segue before we get into smart stuff yes on tilt um so on the sidebar of this batman dong article um there's a article about the michael avenatti and this is also related to stormy daniels what does michael avenatti have on brett kavanaugh the supreme court justice so michael avenatti mm-hmm. he represents stormy daniels apparently he also represents a third woman who were woman who might have information on um, uh, Brett Kavanaugh and his misdeeds potentially in uh, early life. And all I want to say, because I think he's brought this up previously, I am not looking forward to Michael Avenatti running for president and then getting <laughs> a long running reality TV show. <laughs> like, not at all. Like, again, the worst part of the Donald Trump presidency is that all of the dickheads who are going to come running out of the woodwork to run for president in office from now on, which is not Donald Trump's fault. It's Sarah Palin and John McCain's fault. But sorry, Spicule of the Dead. But that's his legacy. What's terrifying, though, is that you can't just dismiss him out of hand anymore. Right. Like there were certain presidential candidates you could just dismiss out of hand. You'd be like, oh, that's I mean, that's never going to happen. Like eventually, you know, the smart at least politically adept people will win out. It's funny. I can dismiss Jeb Bush out of hand. Yes. Like now at this point, I'm he's like, the only one. He's like, oh, please clap. No, Jeb, I don't have to. <laughs> Has anyone ever been more groomed to be president and gotten further? Like has not gotten any closer than like, what, 2% of a vote? Like, have, you ever, have you ever seen videos of like those early, um, like test footage of like rockets where they just basically strapped 
like <laughs> Air Force pilots to a sled with a rocket on the on the back, and like mm-hmm. they would black out because they were the G force was so high. Yeah, that's a like Jet Bush was essentially tied to a Donald Trump shaped rocket and shot through the Nevada desert at a zillion miles an hour away from the presidency. <laughs> like, hey, you're gonna go to space. But first, we need to shoot you through this fucking <laughs> desert. Also, you're not going to space because your brain exploded. No, Sorry. you went straight into the ground as far away. You went opposite of space. Yeah, man. Like, I don't feel bad for Jeb, but boy, howdy, it's funny. Mm. All right, Speaking Michael. of spineless uh, invertebrates. Oh. oh, here we go. Oh, that was a good one. I like that, that yeah, one Yeah, you did, a, you did a good segue. Guess what happens when you give octopi... I guess it's octopuses, but I'm going to say octopi because I like it better. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. When you give them ecstasy. I assume they get pretty, they like to dance and just, I guess they have access to water, so they're fine. Um, (laughs) I guess they just have a good time. All the water they could need. Well, there is a group of scientists who had thought like, okay, we know how ecstasy or MDMA specifically affects human brains. It attaches to the serotonin. It triggers pro-social behavior. Yeah. It basically makes you like kind of happy because it ups your serotonin levels and and all that stuff. And they're like, let's pick an animal that is literally the furthest away from humans we could think of. Octopuses split off from our lineage like 500 million years ago, but they are pretty smart. And are possibly from outer space. Exactly. They have a, did you know that they have a decentralized nervous system, which means that each arm of theirs kind of acts independently of the rest of their body. I didn't know that. I'm now terrified of it. Right? It's fucked up. Like, they're terrifying creatures that could probably take over if they wanted to. Okay, so hmm. so they are literally doing anything for an octopus requires, like, consensus between each of its arms. <laughs> I Well, I assume it's more like, okay. It doesn't so we have, have to negotiate with its dumb arms. Be like, we're going over here now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just decentralized. So like each kind of like we we get the we get we touch something and it takes time for it to get to our brain to say like yeah, we touched that thing, which is why if you touch something hot, like we can burn ourselves because it takes milliseconds at least right. to get to our brain. Like an octopus doesn't have that centralized nervous system, so like if that's it touches something with its and... with its with its arm, it can just be like, yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so, yeah, okay, got it. Um, But they gave MDMA, and they're like, does it affect them the same way? Do they have serotonin receptors? Like, we don't know any of this shit. And it turns out that they do, and that octopuses go fucking buck wild on MDMA. Like, they honestly trip balls like a human being. That's cool. What what are they? What does tripping balls for an octopus look like? I'm very, I'm madly curious. Well, since it's science, they did a very scientific study where they put it in a tank. This is how they this is how they administered the MDMA by the way. They put it in a tank that where the water had MDMA in it so they would just absorb it. Jesus. And the first time they did it they gave them too much and they started freaking out. Kind of like a human would on too much MDMA. Yeah. Basically they're in a bath that had ecstasy in it. Then they put them in a chamber with three rooms. Like the central room, they put them in the central room and then one room had a toy in it. And the other room had a male octopus. Okay. B- before the MDMA, the, the octopuses avoided the male octopus. Yeah, but I get that. after the MDMA, they spent more time with the octopus and also 
touched the octopus in what seemed to be an exploratory rather than aggressive manner. Okay. Did they put them in a tank with a disco ball? <laughs> they put... Um, a lot of bass. They put glow sticks in each one of its eight <laughs> tentacles, and it just it just raved for can, hours. Can I say this? Give an octopus MDMA. Put a glow stick in each of its arms. Mm. Then you take MDMA and watch what oh that octopus God. does. That sounds like a geometric, beautiful light show that I... <laughs> <sighs> I'd be happy to die scene if I have to say. <laughs> so this article gets to the important point, though, because okay. there's all the science. OK, this is this is what we learned. But what they wanted to know was, did the octopuses freak out? And the scientists yeah. didn't discuss it in the paper because it's not quantifiable. Like a freak out is not quantifiable. But they talked to the scientist and he's like, hey, this is anecdotal. This isn't science. But yeah, they fucked up. They yeah. breathed erratically and turned white when they had too much MDMA. You know how I know it's not scientific? They just filled a tank full of water <laughs> full of MDMA and then threw an octopus in it. They didn't bother to like, have a control group, for instance, or slowly introduce MDMA to see what happened. They're just like, hey, get in there, fuckheads. Get in there and let's see how much you can take. Well, what's weird is that like octopuses don't have a cortex or like a reward circuit. Like They don't have like the same kind of reward center that we do which is why it's weird that they acted differently and kind of differently in the same way that we act differently on something that affects our serotonin levels here's a question did each one of their eight arms get distinctly and uniquely high on mdma did each of the <laughs> arms experience it differently and also their big old dumb octopus brain by dumb i mean very smart on lower doses, one animal, quote-unquote, looked like it was doing water ballet, swimming around with outstretched arms. Another spent part of the time doing flips, and another seemed especially interested in minor sounds and smells. Again, did they play, like, any cool music or do, like, cool light shows? It does say minor sounds and so smells, so maybe they were just, like, maybe just a little techno? Drop a little beat in there? I hope so. So, last week we talked about... um that main restaurant trying to sedate lobsters with mm, marijuana mm, mm, mm. smoke before cooking them to and ease it doesn't their pain. Work. Doesn't work. And apparently, uh, main authorities were like, uh, nah, fam, can't do that. Um, <laughs> they shut them down? They shut them down. Uh, I assume mostly because they were wasting weed. Mm. Um, but uh, I think, I think largely, let me say, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> wanted to know if medical marijuana was being used appropriately, which. No, no, straight no, up, straight up. No, sorry. Um, Gould Dolan, PhD, is an assistant professor of neuroscience at Johns Hopkins University and the co-author of the current uh, of the new current biology paper about the the octopuses. She tells Inverse that when octopuses are on on MDMA, it's like watching quote unquote an eight armed hug. They were very loose. Dolan says they just embraced with multiple arms. Sure. Okay. They were just hugging each other. See, I feel like that's the... So we're trying to imprint human emotions and interactions onto high octopuses. <laughs> we're not trying to understand what the octopus... And again, this is not science. So they're not trying to understand what the octopus is going through. Mm -hmm. And I don't know either. I don't know no, where they're going anthropomorphizing with this. it. And, yeah. But we already talked about how they don't have a central nervous system. So I assume that each one of their arms, like you said... Was having like a different experience. Uniquely, perpetually high. 
which is great. Recent studies illustrating a shift in thinking have shown that invertebrates like sea slugs, bees, and crabs all display various cognitive, behavioral, and physiological phenomena that suggest internal states reminiscent of emotions. Sea slugs have emotions, though. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I was reading an article earlier about a, uh, <laughs> apparently PETA put a billboard up next to a s- local seafood restaurant somewhere in New England and basically like, I'm me, not meat, uh, get to know the individual or just a picture of a crab. Um, and, <laughs> and like, one, well, see, it does say five octopus were used in the control and four were used in the MDMA trial. They did have a control. Okay, great. Very but again, they did just chuck octopuses into a big tank full of ecstasy how the fuck do you know how much ecstasy to put in a tank for an octopus that's what i'm saying like no one's just eyeball it and also (laughs) how did they like i want to know like the purchasing plan for this like (laughs) how much do you need uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna kind of throw it in a in a pool, in a kiddie pool. <laughs> throw it in a pool with some octopuses, though. See, kind of just see what happens. Can you um, give me enough unit of drug so that I can get four octopuses just really, really tripping? And I mean, so I've heard. I mean, even in humans, I've heard like controlled doses of MDMA is like almost like a cure for like PTSD. Like it definitely mm-hmm. like it. It helps a lot more than literally anything else, or LSD, I think, more than ecstasy. But um, sorry, so I just searched ecstasy for stories on uh, offbeat Reddit. There's <laughs> 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 a headline from five months ago: Father, son busted for trafficking ecstasy in Detroit. Semicolon impersonated Tim Allen, Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Wait, the father and son impersonated Tim <laughs> yeah. Tracy Morgan. <laughs> I'm gonna guess adopted son. I'm gonna guess, yeah. But like, if you had to sell drugs, <laughs> why would you pose as famous that, people? That fa- well, the famous comedy duo, <laughs> Tim Allen and Tracy Morgan. I mean, Tim Allen did used to sell cocaine, so that maybe that does make sense. That's true. That's true. Um. So hold on. I, Michael, where, where was your article from? The Atlantic? Um, there was multiple places. One was from Gizmodo. One was from Inverse uh, that had some pretty cool psychedelic uh, gifts as part of that story. So that was great. Okay. So I I did find one uh, article. So in the control group, they put the octopuses in a tank together um, after being dosed. And then they included like unfamiliar objects like a plastic flower and a Chewbacca figurine. And one said, they, it was, see, the mind said it was a stormtrooper. Oh, well, maybe there's a stormtrooper mm. and a Chewbacca. Um, but then I think they, they really tested if they preferred, because Michael, you're, to your point, they prefer to be a little solitary. And then uh, typically after mating, they just, the female will kill the male. Um, really yeah um (laughs) they they did quote as the quote trapped male (laughs) (laughs) which is great um so yeah before the drug they they didn't really care for the other octopus uh and would explore the toys but after they ignored chewbacca and just got up all up on their their octopus friend yeah but didn't have sex and then some summarily killed them which i guess is good it's an improvement See, here's the thing, though. If I was on MDMA, I assume that if I was given the option between a male octopus 
and a Chewbacca figurine, I'd probably choose a Chewbacca figurine. Every time, 100%. But I don't know, because octopuses would be pretty dope if I was Are tripping. you kidding me? What if are he you, hugged me with all eight legs? Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Michael, I don't have deep, wide experience with the, the high arts, but... um. I know one thing. <laughs> if I was... Animals can read your thoughts? That, especially when I'm high. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were on MDMA or any psychotropic drug, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, one, saw an octopus near me, <laughs> unexpectedly, <laughs> the trip would not go well. And two, if said octopus touched me in any way, much less with all eight arms and wrapped them, them around me, I would never sleep again. I would never stop screaming. And that octopus, either me or the octopus would not leave that room alive. But it might feel amazing. Michael. Just all those little suckers all over your skin. Just like. Oh, God. I'm I'm stone cold sober and that sound was horrible. Imagine that sound, but 800 times per each individual thinking arm. No, thank you. You know what I've discovered recently? That you have a horrifying brain that wants terrible experiences? That you can type literally any question into Google, and on the first page, there will be an answer from Quora. I literally just typed in, do animals do drugs? And there was a a question with 46 answers that says, do animals ever use drugs in nature? And the first answer is by Lavelle Gross, an avid animal follower. I love researching animal facts and questions. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Sure. So, I mean, there's that. Michael, I'm a little upset that you even had to ask that question to the (laughs) internet, given that we no joke spent 15 to 20 minutes last week talking about goats who were addicted to human piss, and I believe said piss-hungry goats 700 times was that a was that like a drug thing though or just like uh why else would they be i guess just that good salt i don't know man i like really like cookies if you like put a cookie near me i'm i'm probably gonna headbutt you through a table to get that cookie can i talk about me and the last two weeks of my life and the fact that so i'm under a pretty 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 stark headline or a deadline at work and um a lot going on, a lot of visibility within the company, and uh, I have literally stress-eaten every single cookie that has <laughs> hove into my field of view. I like if I see a cookie, I I become one with it immediately. I don't know how I haven't gained fifteen pounds in the last two weeks. Cookies are the best. I like literally walked past. I was in Target the other day, walked past it, and then out of the corner of my eye, remembered three aisles back that I saw Halloween Oreos and like just backtracked and grabbed them. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I ha- I walked 30 feet, 30 feet past it. Then was like, no, I need more cookies. <laughs> and in a day and a half, I've eaten a sleeve and a half of them. Evan Goodman, who is a certified Jim Cotta slash blood sport instructor at crazy Evans, Jim Cotta dojo and a notary public says that Jaguars, Jaguars, had uh, have been observed in the wild consuming a vine that apparently contains DMT, which is a very strong hallucinogenic. So jaguars in the wild apparently trip balls. 
I mean, that's uh, so we we've talked a little bit about like everything in Australia being crazy and murderous and wanting to kill you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like the only thing keeping South America in general, like you know, the rainforest region, from having that same thing is that they're all on ayahuasca nonstop. Like there are just so many readily available drugs in the rainforest. Everybody's high. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. I will say, so, Michael, you touched on something. I'm curious. I want, you know what I want to know from the the experiment of these octopi, octopuses being dosed with MDMA and any other drug they care to just throw in that tank willy-nilly? What does an octopus get obsessed with while high? Oh, man, that's a good question. Like, Like, what is it, like, just a cool fish? If you put, like, a... A little Tyke's piano in there, or like a xylophone, would they figure that out and just get really obsessed with banging on that thing? What does an octopus like if you played little like little ah, sorry, if you just played Power Rangers reruns on a TV outside the tank, would they just be not watching that nonstop? Like if you just put Diplo on, would it just like Would it do water ballet nonstop? See, that's what I would that's what I wanna know. Like how much are octopuses like us when mm-hmm, high? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do they just think about hot dogs when they're stoned? <laughs> Do they just think about Batman's dung? Hmm. That's actually, okay, yeah. I'm going to put two pictures up on the wall. One of the non-edited Batman, damned number one, showing Batman's penis. The, mm-hmm, Bruce, mm-hmm. the Bruce Wang. Um <laughs> That was a joke I lifted from our friend Dave uh, from Instagram. Um, and the other side is the edited version. What do they prefer when high? What do they gravitate towards? Yeah. Do they care about that hog? How Damn many it. legs go oh, towards Michael, each I'm sorry. One? I brought I brought penises back you into penises it. Penises again. Damn it. We, can we just a good can't run. get away from them. You can't. Michael, do you want to talk about other bad science? What you just did right there is basically like you just till dick picked me. Because mm-hmm. I I didn't want I didn't want to have anything to do with it, but you you had to bring it up anyways. But I did it with a joke and a smile, <laughs> and I made you laugh at it. And if you can't laugh at a penis, what can you laugh at? That's a good point. Well, Michael, do you want to hear about bad science? Oh yes, please. Okay, so I stumbled upon a story um, at uh, about weird science at a Tokyo exhibition. Oh, this is going to be good then. It should be good. Um, but apparently it was a museum celebrating the 2018 crop of the Ig Nobel Prize or the anti-Nobel Prize, if you will, which is designed to, quote, make people laugh first and think later. I feel like we we've mentioned this before. I think we might have a long time ago. And this this first story will touch on. And hey, sorry, but we are going to we're going to veer towards butts. For a second. Hey, we didn't say anything about no butts. Yeah, we didn't say we didn't say anything about no butts. We did not. I did not agree to that. So included in this year's uh Ig Nobel Prize are a gadget to quote translate dog barks for humans, which is just a far side comic. Um, a baby pod that plays music inside a mother's vagina uh for unborn babies. Of course. And then yes. the winner was the world's first self-colonoscopy method. Uh that one could just, in a sitting position, perform a DIY colonoscopy. I assume you're sitting on something that has openings in it. 
Because nope. otherwise, I don't know how you get in there. The man just does appear to be sitting on a uh, standard folding chair. Does he like in child's pose, but like... Nope, he's just uh, he's sitting just on the sitting edge there, of the huh? chair and just, just kind of going there. for it. And uh, this does remind me of a uh, April Fool's uh, video that I made for my former company where we uh, we made up a product called the DIY vasectomy, and I mm-hmm. did a product video for it. <laughs> And that was fun, um, but this is for real though. And a scientist made a shove this camera up your butt and then self-diagnose yourself. Yeah, which like I get because obviously colon cancer is a big deal. Um, it's increasing. I don't know if you anyone is really qualified to do this at home. So I don't know if this is just a coincidence, and because I went to the Wikipedia article for the list of the Ig Nobel Prize winners, and mm-hmm. I was just kind of scrolling through. It, it's by year, and I happened to stop while you were talking on 2012, and there is one for medicine. Emmanuel Ben Susan and Michael Antonietti won for advising doctors who perform colonoscopies on how to minimize the chance that their patients will explode. <laughs> Just explode. Just apparently, I mean, there is a small chance that they will explode and they advise them on how to make that chance smaller. Well, that's okay. Interesting. Um, So I do, before we get in, honestly, I don't really care about the self-colonoscopy whatsoever. Uh, That was just the intro to this year's crop of uh, Ig Nobel Prizes, which were announced September 13th, 2018. Um. There's a couple in there. I do want to talk about some historic winners like you've just mentioned. Um, Apparently at one point uh, in, sorry, beep, beep, beep. Do you you read what this guy's article was actually named? uh, I did. Um, Colonoscopy in the sitting position. Lessons learned from self-colonoscopy by using a small caliber variable stiffness colonoscope. I mean... To be fair, if I was going to do a self-colonoscopy, I would want the camera to be self uh, small caliber. That He's got me there. Good job, bud. Um, so, uh, are you, have you gotten to frog? What, what have you gotten? I'm just reading. I'm just reading through some of these, the ones from last year, and they're just, they're absurd. They're amazing. And I um, want to know so much more. I want I want TED Talks on all of these. So so the Ig Nobel Prize. So these, these are all for people who have done very good science, but on very silly things. And like they're very serious people. So like one of them, Andre Geem, who is a, a Russian-born physicist, previously won a Nobel Physics Prize in 2010, had won an Ig Nobel Prize in 2000 for magnetic frog levitation <laughs> demonstrating a phenomenon no, known as diamagnetism and i hate frogs so you know i want everyone to know how difficult it was for me to look this up but he did just make frogs fucking float in a tube that's amazing uh, via magnets and <laughs> there's an article on physics.org that just titled frogs levitate in a strong enough magnetic field and this is a sentence Frogs are convenient, not only because they have a high water content, which is good for a diametic, diamagnetic material, but also because they fit easily inside a tube. <laughs> <laughs> um, Physics so- from 2017. Mark Antoine Fardin, he used fluid dynamics to probe the question, can a cat be both a solid and a liquid? 
Is is there any physics problem a cat can't be? No. That was can that God, was a Michael, can God that was make a, a cat so good that Michael, that was he... a rhetorical physics a <laughs> no. quantum physics question. I the cat it. can either yes be a physics question, <laughs> not be a physics question, or I don't know, it could be either one. You you don't know until you look at it. <laughs> His article is called On the Rheology of Cats, where rheology is the study of the flow of matter. Jesus. Um, well, Michael, before we get into the one that I really want to call out, I do want to read a couple from this year um, that are pretty good. Right. So one, a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven person teams for measuring the frequency, motivation and effects of shouting and cursing while driving an automobile. Mm. I don't yep. I assume all good things you yep. shout and better things happen. Well, it's like when you stub your toe, they've shown that swearing or yelling uh, makes you, makes it makes it hurt less uh apparently uh demonstrating that wine experts can reliably identify by smell the presence of a single fly in a glass of wine which is <laughs> buck wild i can notice by sight by sight is my big one mm-hmm. uh using roller coasters to hasten the passage of kidney stones mm. which i don't know to me doesn't make a lot of sense because it's it's backwards force was it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Does it work? They do, I I didn't click into the article, but mm, like right. it, I would assume it's throwing the stone further into your body. But maybe it's like breaking it up. You know, that's why they use the lasers and stuff. They gotta you gotta break them up into small and no, Michael. That's things. the it's the classic fallacy of the tissue box on the back the back window of the car. The tissue box isn't moving. When you hit the brakes, it's not going at a million miles an hour and crashing your skull. <laughs> The kidney stone ain't just like crashing around your first of all very soft like kidneys. I mean, have you ever ridden one of those wooden roller coasters though? It feels like you're being punched in the kidneys for like two minutes straight. Okay, I guess if you're gonna let them ride like the beast and son of beast exactly. at Kings Island, then yeah, sure. Because I will say, yeah, wooden roller coasters. I'd rather die. <laughs> I am so big and so my bones are so weak on those mm-hmm. things. I hate them. Yeah. Um. The final entry, and this is for um, the economics prize. I have to, I have to say this. Uh, so actually, one before I get to this. Sorry to bring up dicks again, but I do have to. I don't know anything about this test. I have no idea what they were actually trying to prove here. Three-person team for using postage stamps, stamps to test whether the male sexual organ is functioning properly. In their study titled Nocturnal Penile Tumescence Monitoring with Stamps. I don't know anything about it, and I'm too afraid to click the study. Well, let's just speculate then. Um, How would you use a postage stamp to test whether... I would say, and this is just a shot in the dark, Mm -hmm. if you slap a couple postage stamps on a (laughs) flaccid pee-pee, and then it and it, it's you know it adheres to the skin a little bit and then it becomes tumescent during the nighttime um <laughs> which i believe the average male is like seven to ten times a night um the expansion would knock the postage the stamp off of the the peep the peeperino mm. or it would adhere to your skin and then rip it right off it would rip your dick in half good point <laughs> yep make a ring around the penis with postage stamps mm. And then just tear that bad boy in half. I think doesn't matter it, which postage stamp you use. It has to be a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it has to be the Statue of Liberty one, but the Statue of Liberty 
from New York, New York casino mm-hmm. in Vegas, and not not, not the ugly Statue of Liberty that's yeah. in New York, the, the the Lady Liberty. Um, Michael, the most important prize to me, and I believe it had a positive result. Investigating whether it is effective for employees to use voodoo dolls to retaliate against af- abusive bosses. This is the kind of science Why is this that I ignoble though. This is the kind of science that I demand and I yeah. need to know about. Michael, have you had a boss that you'd like to use a voodoo doll against? <laughs> if I thought that voodoo dolls had any chance of being effective, oh hell yes. Here's a stat that I find chilling to my core as a newly minted manager of <laughs> way, can I say this? Way too many people. Mm. Um, the percentage of employees that pee in their boss's coffee? Um, that does that does sound bad. No, um, surveys have shown that 76% of employees reported engaging in active aggression towards their supervisor in the last year. <laughs> Active aggression. So that's not even passive aggression. Right. Employees aggress towards their supervisor as much as they do towards other co-workers, perhaps even more so. Um, These are studies from 1999, so who knows how much that is. But um, apparently retaliation is, like, key. And it's not like, I feel like it's not just like, well, I'm going to be slow at doing my job. It's, I'm going to actively fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to physically fight you. And so... I see stats about theft in the workplace a lot, and it's something like 70% of workers given opportunity and like a semi-assurance of like not getting caught will steal from their employers and not just time theft, like physically or monetarily steal from an employer. This is higher than that. This is like, I will fight my boss physically and emotionally. I feel like the Venn diagram, though, is like pretty close to a circle. Right, but like I, I've never really felt the urge to just like, if I had a if I had a doll of my boss, I would stab <laughs> needles into it and maybe light it on fire. Well, this does say retaliate against abusive bosses, though, and so if you're not an abusive boss, you have nothing to be. Worried but this about. is but this is not so. It's seventy six percent of employees engage in aggression oh, towards their supervisor, bar none. Oh, it, it does not say abusive. Hmm. Yeah, it just says I don't like working for you. Yeah. Period. I don't this, like working under anyone. Period. This is why I don't want to be. That's why I don't want to be a manager. It sounds terrible. I was okay with it. I, I was coping pretty well until I read this article and knowing that, given the chance, someone will create a wax simulacrum of me and stab needles into me and break my limbs and and burn me with fire. Mm, yeah. But the good news is that doing that makes them feel better, so that they don't actually. Like trying to kill you, which they can't do. Does it only work if it's a voodoo doll, though? Will it work if like they burn an effigy of you, or like maybe make a pinata and invite everyone at the at the company except for you to smash your face in with a baseball bat until candy comes out of your bee hole? So that sort of like organized aggression seems (laughs) like. it doesn't, I mean, I guess it can't technically be cyberbullying, but since it is 2018, I think it has to be cyberbullying. Well, somebody will put it on the gram, for sure. It, then, and in that case, if they tag me, it is, I have now been cyberbullied. Um, I mean, I guess, honestly, I would, I would prefer the voodoo doll than the public uh, pinata shaming that you have posited, because 
I don't want to know how many people would really be involved with trying to break me in half and get candy out of my butt. But here's the thing, though. I love you. But mm-hmm. if I walked by a party and they had a pinata and they were like, hey, come hit this pinata. And I realized it was you. I would still hit the pinata because I really like candy and also hitting things with bats. That I mean, That's so fair. Yeah. I so mean, like I if they had in. just had a party and they were like, hey, come to our party. And then they were like, oh, it's oh, it's Mike. We really like him, but he's got candy. So here's the thing in this study. They wanted to directly test this form of retaliation, not as just as a response to a perceived injustice, but as a means of restoring justice. Oh, so that it might work. Yes, exactly. It wasn't just like, I want to just like take out my aggression on an effigy or a pinata. This was if I hit this pinata really, really hard with a bat. One, I will get all that good candy. And two, also, he will snap in half. (laughs) I get to actually break his spine. And also, his innards are outside now. So there was like a thought that, okay, we're making these voodoo dolls, but there is a small chance that this will work. That these will really hurt these people. And And I'm okay with that. And the were like, yeah, I'd actually like to kill my boss. Well, so beyond all of the horrible implications that this has for me as a manager um i have a couple important thoughts one i see where the purge comes from Mm. at this point yeah and two i know that companies put a lot of time and money into like surveying their employees to find out like hey what are the trouble spots in your job how can we improve your your work-life balance and your your workplace experience do we need to have like more team building activities and like outings and recognition or could this all be solved with a organized, ritualistic effigy burning of your boss? <laughs> Just all the way up the ladder. Yeah, you know like how some companies give you like a coffee cup to like go green or whatever. They give you a coffee mug or they yeah. give you like some swag, maybe a t-shirt. Like everyone just gives out a voodoo doll that looks like their boss. And then... Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like you have a rough meeting and you're just like, oh, man, and stick this pin right in his eye, you know? And just like, and like you have the freedom to do it at any moment without repercussion. Oh, yeah. Like, like you pull if, it out in a meeting. In a meeting, just like you're keeping a straight face. You're not doing anything. But just like behind your laptop screen, you are just like slowly wriggling a needle around just in his tummy. Mm-hmm. Am I am I playing? Am I? I'm just kind of fidgeting. I'm a, I'm an anxious person. You know that. Oh, it just happens to me to be you, my pincushion. Does your stomach? Do you have a tummy ache? Sorry, not my problem. This doesn't work. I'm just doing it for my own benefit. But if it does work, I'm cool. I'm into it. Are you hurting? Are you bleeding? That sounds Are good. You bleeding? Does it hurt? Does everything hurt? Does everything hurt? I'm kind of into this transgressive form of employee recognition and benefit, like. I don't need a happy hour. I don't need a, I don't need a team building budget. I just need re- like and I'm saying this all with I have a very good boss, but if I didn't retribution sounds good. Yeah, I mean th- the voodoo doll of a shitty boss does a lot more for me than having to spend extra time with him at a happy hour. Right. And again, it is not just the fact that I'm doing it. It is the perceived potential actual impact yeah like i don't believe in it 
But if but... it happens to do something, I'm not going to be angry about it. Justice is also heated, hedonically valued by human beings. That is kind of a, like, that's an indictment on human beings, I feel like. I don't know what hedonically means. I mean, I know hedonism is, like, sexual, okay. usually. Oh, okay, it's a ple- Okay, yeah, so it's, you take like pleasure, pleasure in, in justice. I mean, I do love justice. I mean, yes, but, like... I don't take pleasure in justice. I'm just like, no. yeah, that worked out. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the the problem with the the voodoo doll stuff and like this notion of justice is that it's solely rooted in your own experience. Because like, what if you suck, <laughs> and like your boss is rightfully just riding your ass? Yeah, but but you suck, and you're like, well, my boss is a dick, so I'm gonna kill him or her. But you suck. Which I have experienced that. I've been a bad employee. Oh, mostly yeah. F- like mostly for my uncle and dad. Uh. <laughs> you want to know? So this was that was the 2018 economics prize. Do you want to know what the 2017 Ig Nobel economics prize was? No. A two-person team, Matthew Rockloff and Nancy Greer, for their experiments to see how contact with a live crocodile affects a person's willingness to gamble. I feel like... Getting in contact with a live crocodile is a gamble in and of itself. Betting on electronic gaming machines is intensified by, quote, reptile-induced arousal. <laughs> arousal, that's a that's an interesting word. It is interesting for that. It's like I feel like it's an hey, guess what? Obviously this was done in Australia. Um <laughs> Okay. But uh Oh, well, this is hard. This is cheating. They held a one meter long saltwater crocodile, which is hardly oh, anything. come on. That's hardly Ooh, nothing. Oh, is it going to nip my toes? You know, oh. feed a little coconut. <laughs> Macadamia nut, probably. Um, Yeah. Wait, hold on. Actually, can I tell you the most buckwild thing about this crocodile thing? Hmm. So... They focused mostly mostly on at-risk gamblers and how holding a crocodile affected them, which did they think again, it was going to stop it? Again, feels wildly irresponsible and not science to be like, "Hey, at-risk gamblers, let's prey on your problem to test about alligators or crocodiles." But at-risk gamblers who had very few self-reported negative emotions actually placed higher bets and at-risk gamblers who had more negative uh, emotions about themselves placed lower bets after they held the crocodile. So if you know you have a problem, holding a predator in your hands <laughs> makes you gamble less. But if you are just like, fuck yeah, I love gambling, I have a problem, and I love that part of myself, can't wait to lose more money, and someone throws a crocodile at you, if you are Dan Bilzerian and someone gives you a crocodile, you're going nuts. See, you only lose, though, until that one time you win big, and then and then, then you'll stop because you have you, all the money. Yeah, that is that is how it works. Yeah. And then the last thing you bet is the crocodile, which you have held on to for a very long time, and it's all you have left in life. And then you lose the crocodile, too, and then it gets to eat you because that's how gambling works. That it, I've seen that play out at the poker table many a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, Michael, when you, you, when you have nothing left, you have to put your uh, 
you know, dangerous pets on the table. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but sorry. <laughs> that's just, that's the way the sorry. cookie grumbles. Sorry. Michael, you had a story for me? Um, Close us out. Have you ever uh, been listening to a song on the radio with a friend of yours and had a little disagreement over who it was by or maybe what the song was called or what year it was from? Uh, yes, constantly. It's called this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you normally do to kind of figure out the situation, figure out who's right? Uh, usually sing it for a second and immediately Google it. Yeah. Or like yeah. Shazam. Shazam exists if you're listening to it. Yeah. And uh, have you ever pulled out a gun and pistol whipped your best friend in the face just to figure out if you were right or not? I'm having a hard time figuring out how that <laughs> lets you figure out if you're right. Other than, again, I think this is kind of a voodoo doll situation. Just kind of asserting your justice upon someone. I feel like, like I'm right, you, fuck you. If you pistol whip your friend and then he um, get, is pistol whipped, then he cannot argue the other side anymore, which means you are now right. You By default, you are correct. Which, just like the voodoo doll situation, if it works on your boss vis-a-vis voodoo you are ergo as such you are not a shitty employee and they're a bad boss so um heretofore you'll never believe that this didn't happen in florida there was a pistol whipping over a song that didn't happen in florida no it was in greenwood indiana indiana i almost said indianapolis you don't get a lot of this kind of news out of indiana that is true um the man said that they were ta- all talking when an argument broke out over a song and its artist. The man said the song they were debating was sung by Bruno Mars, but Washburn said it wasn't. Who did he say it was? He this doesn't, is important. It doesn't say. Like, our journalists just completely fail us all the, the state time. of local journalism in this country is appalling. Like, that's the critical, like, I, like, I don't know, Steely Dan? <laughs> no, fuck you, it's not Steely Dan. Pistol whipped. Like, I, I need to know, like, who it is, like, who he said it was to be worthy of a pistol whipping. That good song, 24 Karat Magic by Meatloaf. <laughs> Anyways, they got in this argument. The friend said it was by Bruno Mars. This dude was like, no, there's no fucking way it's by Bruno Mars. It's by, obviously, Motley Crue. And the guy showed him proof that it was in fact by Bruno Mars. I assume like Shazammed it or something. And the guy said, no, fuck you. He pulled out a gun and then he hit him in the face with it. Michael calling him a chicken shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I guess they don't specify the song they're talking about either. It says it is not immediately clear which Bruno Mars song started the dispute. Yeah. Apparently he, the gun went off and then he fired another shot. Michael, can you please tell me, the age of the gentleman who pistol whipped his friend. 71 years old. Uh-huh. And uh, he does 100% look like the dad from uh, American Choppers. <laughs> yes, he does. Oh, um, he's like, he actually looks like his his dad. Yeah, it's like same mustache, same everything. It's been a couple of years since that show ended. Um, holy shit. I didn't know people like people this old listen to Bruno Mars. And maybe well, they don't. He, maybe he said, he just I would say he, it. well, he did say that he's been friends with the man for 50 years. So that presumably his friend was also an old guy. Yeah. The, the crazy thing is, 
So it says two lifelong friends. So yeah, presumably yeah. his age. I'm going to say and they this. were if at he, his house. It wasn't like they were at a bar listening to Bruno Mars on his porch. Here's the question. If you're the kind of person who is going to pistol whip presumably your best friend in the face over a disagreement over a semi-popular pop song, how do you get to the age of 71 <laughs> without previously pistol whipping your friend in the face over a pop song or any minor transgression? Anything. Just literally, anything at literally all. anything. It doesn't say that he didn't. Though. That's true. It does not say this is his first arrest for pistol whips on front porches. Maybe, maybe that's just how they do things. Like you have an argument, the person who is right uh, gets pistol whipped in the face by the person who is wrong and cannot admit it. So the article doesn't go into the ton of detail. I found this. So when Washburn, Roger Washburn, the seventy-nine-year-old man, disagreed with Tillerson. He, quote, got his 38 revolver, called Tillerson a chicken shit, and hit him in the cheek. So the the phrase got his 38 revolver said, like, implies that he went somewhere else off the porch to gather his revolver, hit the man in the face, and then sh- fire two shots at him. They're in his vicinity. Well, he fired, he the, the gun went off the first time he hit him. And then he, which is... Horrendous trigger discipline from a 38 revolver. Like, mm, yep. it doesn't just go off. <laughs> and then he fired another shot, just like, well, I already just did for one. Fun. Might as well dance, sucker. But, like, I can't imagine a disagreement vehement enough about Bruno Mars that I would go retrieve a gun. Yeah. Much less, I wouldn't draw a gun over it, but the act of going to gather one up. Well, for a Bruno Mars agree- disagreement. Also, to gather one up uh, to a, like a Mars argument, if you will. <laughs> he gathered the gun to hit his friend in the face with it. Like, was he? So you brandish a gun, right, to to threaten somebody or to shoot them. Right. And I can't imagine that if his friend had known him for fifty years, that he would one be threatened by this guy have, pulling out a gun on him because he's like, ah, fucking Richard. Does this shit all the time. Here's the thing, though. I, I Okay. Not to belabor the point. I don't know Bruno Mars' songs well enough, the lyrics well enough, to discern which of his songs would cause someone to... Okay, the gun gathering and the pistol whipping, everything... Be, all of that besides the fact. Coolio, sign the check. No, no, no. Uh, In, as part of the disagreement... As part of the disagreement... To call someone a chicken shit <laughs> in the context of the disagreement about is this song about Bruno Mars? Like, chicken shit implies cowardice yeah. and, a, and a weak will to do anything. So which Bruno Mars song could possibly call for that sort of, like, diminutive language? I don't know any Bruno Mars songs other than 24 Carat and... Uptown Funk. Uptown Funk. You know, a couple. He did the Super Bowl. Mm. That's all I got also. I mean, I don't know anything <laughs> else. Well, Michael, uh, since we can't get a uh, good answer on this Bruno Mars mystery, uh, I have a final shower thought before we, cl- before we close out the show. Ooh. This comes from uh, Vincent Law on Twitter from uh, two days ago. Damn disrespectful kids nowadays get to play Pokemon Go and Grinder all day on their smartphones in school. 
While when I was their age, I got into deep shit for feeding my starving Tamagotchi. Hashtag shower thought. <laughs> okay, so the kids are on the Pokemon Go and Grinder. The damn, the damn disrespectful kids. Yeah, they're on the they're on the Grinder. Yeah, and Pokemon Go, Pokemon and Go, and Pokemon Grindr, Go, which at this point might as well be the same app. I don't know about your Pokemons, Pokemans, please. <laughs> your Pokemans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I meant Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, no, that checks out. Grinder, <laughs> Grinder, also known as Pokemon Go. <laughs> oh, please edit all this laughter out. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> yeah, so these damn disrespectful kids. Why did just, he get in trouble for feeding his Tamagotchi? I mean, because I think it made noise and you couldn't control it. You were just you were just beep booping in class. Oh yeah, okay. These kids could just have their smartphone on their desk and be swiping up and down and evolving their EVs left and right. Yeah. And swiping left and right wouldn't, on wouldn't all, all their the, hot Wouldn't all of the Pokemans been been caught though in the school already? Do they just keep respawning? S- spoken like a terrible, horrible noob. God. Michael, someone could drop a lure. You can fight gyms all day. They, please. I'm just saying there's there's not enough, there's not enough room for all the Pokemon to, that all of these kids could be capturing. There's like 1,400 kids in a school and everyone just capturing Pokemans. There's not that many Pokemans. Come on. Just Pokemans on top of Pokemans? It's True like Pokemans both- all the way down? True for both Pokemon Go and Grinder, <laughs> Just Pokemans all the way down. Michael, there's so many fish in the sea left and right. You just got to swipe to find them. <laughs> um, but also, Michael, it is a video game. So, the, you know, they kind of spawn at random for your instance of the game, mm. you fool. You know? That just seems... What's the point, then? To catch all the good the good mans. But if I don't, if I don't like, have to pistol whip anyone to get my Pokemon... I mean, you can, obviously, you can do that. You can, well, critically important, do not bring a gun to school and pistol with your friends to get your Pokemon. Do not do that. So important. Cannot say, cannot stress that enough. To all of you kids out there listening to this. First of all, your parents are bad. Your parents but thank are you for terrible. listening. Tell your friends, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, please. On Put stickers iTunes, all, over your, all over your school. Steal your friend's phones. Log into iTunes. Give us a rating and review. Um, but also, please don't pistol up your friends. Um, but do swipe left or right on Pokemon and Grinder because you mm. earned it. So are there are These there as kids. many are there as many grinders as there are Pokemans for you to catch on that app? I mean, I have to. Um, there's only there's I'm, only I'm not a seasoned veteran on Grinder and Pokemon like you. Okay, that seems okay that's fine i see what you've done there um there are only a couple hundred pokemon so um last i checked statistically and demographically speaking michael there are a lot more pokemans a lot more pokemans than yeah um how many how many pokemon are there nowadays 807 what yeah damn Hmm. 807 pokemon Michael, um, would you care to guess the um, name of... So there's 807. Um, would you care to guess the name of Pokemon number 799? Uh, it's Guzzlord. <laughs> Jesus. 
Michael, are you reading? Are you reading on Grinder or are you reading Pokemon? Uh, Guzzlord number seven ninety nine. He's a dark dragon type. Michael, I think what that's going to evolve do it into. <laughs> I don't think he has a, an evolution, but let me check. No, he does not. He does have. He has a big head, four, two arms, and then two secondary arms that look like a mouth. And then he has a body that is a mouth, and then and another like really mouth inside of his lips. body. Yeah, no, so like, no, no supple. The lips are. I cannot trust mouths, it enough. But but a lot of mouths. Michael, I'd saying. like you to describe one the number of eyes and the number of mouths on this particular Pokemon. The number on each of those is upwards of uh, two to five. So one second, <laughs> here is a question, or is the picture for you? Okay. Uh... Now count carefully the number of mouths and also the Ankylosaurus tail on the bad boy, <laughs> the back of this bad boy. I mean, there's ooh. Three, four visible mouths. Yeah, but there's like a mouth inside of a mouth. There's like an inception mouth definitely there. Actually, so one, two, three in the background, two rows of teeth, I guess. That could yeah. be two mouths. It's hard to tell specifically. And then there's a hint of the, the fifth mouth up at the top head yep, 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 where yep. he's got spikes. Um, This is a truly haunting beast that the good wizards at Pokemon Company have cooked up and I don't care this for looks, it. This looks way more intimidating than Pikachu. Um like where's yeah. my Pikachu? Pikachu is a is a a zap rat. No one gives a shit. This is this is where this is where the good shit is, Michael. Sort Number seven ninety nine. Yeah, this is this where, is where this the money your bread made. is buttered. The the nine mouth chomp monsters the are Guzzlord. the good Pokemon. The Guzzlord. Um he is genderless. Sorry, they are genderless. I apologize. Um the Wikipedia is short of or sorry. Apologize, not the Wikipedia, the Bulbapedia. <laughs> this is from Bulbagarden.net. So this picture you sent me. The Bulbapedia on Bulb- Bulbagarden.net. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Michael, it's been lovely talking with you this week. Um everyone, if you've liked this show. Uh, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. We, for a brief moment, posted blog posts because Michael got in the mood and then we stopped doing that because um, we're both shitty at it. Mm. And it's it takes approximately 10 minutes of extra work out of yes. our day. And can I be honest with you? I don't have that kind of time. I'm just not creative enough. No, my I used, them, I used it all up on those two blog posts. They were so good. Yep. So good. Yep. But that's it. That was it. That was my right. that was my yearly quote of creative juices. Michael, please correct me if I'm wrong, but did I have a New Year's resolution to post a blog post every week? You did, uh, but you didn't say wh- which year? whether it was a human week. Because like, or which God's year week, I was going to do it in. That's true. Yeah. It's like God's week. It could be could be forever. You know, on the cosmic calendar. Yeah. Realistically, this whole year has been a microsecond. Mm-hmm. I'll get to the blog post eventually. But everyone, if you um, if you like the show, you can find out more information there. You can also send us a message at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We read every single message we get. Uh, we love to hear from our fans. Um, and uh, we have a couple people who have reached out to ask us to send stickers to them. So those will be in the mail uh, this week. So be on the lookout for those. And if you would like some, we have uh, a handful of extras. Please feel free to shoot us a message and uh, send us your address and we will send you some stickers to uh, slap around town, wherever you might live. And um, you might also like our sister show, Trends of... Nope. 
our sister show, Longest Days of Our Lives, which is Michael and I and our good friend Curtis, who are watching every single episode of the Hit Show 24. Episode 23 should be out this week, and then we are doing a live finale uh, where we will be watching and commenting live, and it will be sure to be a good time, specifically the seven minutes where everyone dies. <laughs> if you like this show, you'll probably almost certainly like that one. It's Even if you've never seen 24, it's just dumb and we make fun of literally everything that happens in it so uh this might be a pretty good time to check it out we'll catch you up on what's gone on and we'll do a quick recap and then dive into uh jack bauer just doing jack bauer stuff and uh michael how else can people help us out you can help us out by uh subscribing on your favorite podcast app um and you could go one step further and give us a rating preferably five stars or and or a review, um, especially if you're on iTunes, uh, ratings and reviews are super dupes important. Apparently, they they have some algorithm. I don't know. I assume that the only reason we're not up at the top is because no uh, one listens to us. I was going to say racism, but I mean, I guess that works, too. One of them is more likely than the other. <laughs> I'll just I'll just say that. Um, so, yeah, please uh, help us out by doing that. And also uh, finding us on social media um, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at T.I.L.P.Cast at TILPCast. And, uh, you know, give us a like or retweet. Uh, share us with your friends. Um, become a, a fan of our page. And uh, you can send us messages on there as well. Um, we will reply to them. Um, because that's what we do instead of uh, writing blog posts. We're just just twittering and Pokemoning, you know. Twitter, twittering, grinding, Pokemoning. Yeah. Um, Mike, so you, want a final, you want a final shower thought? Oh, you got another one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's close it out. This comes from uh, Dapper Dan NYC on Twitter. Hashtag shower thought. Mayonnaise is just throat lube. <laughs> Michael, that it's been is, lovely talking to you this week. <laughs> but it's so gross on, like, every level that keeps going into my brain. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love you. Love you, too. Just grease it on up. <laughs> Toodles. Toodles. <laughs>